Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Jack Daniels. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tasting. With me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleschik. Andy, how are you doing on this fine November, uh, kind of chilly, kind of warm, uh, moderate, I should say, uh, November afternoon? You know, good. Um, you know, I just got back from Dallas where the weather is a lot warmer, so right. kind of having to sit here and adjust to that, and then, you know, getting prepared to uh, go out and visit family out on, on the West Coast for uh, Thanksgiving for a week or two. So, you know, having fun doing that just in between trips, um, <clears throat> just kind of chilling. Heck yeah, I like it. Yeah, we're, um, we're as well, we're getting ready for Thanksgiving as well. Uh Sarah is actually hosting. Uh, we just, we, yeah, we just bought a house uh, last. You know, it was a we hit a year about a year ago. Yeah, we hit a year in August, and uh, we didn't host Thanksgiving last year at all. So this is our our first time hosting and really Getting prepared to smoke the turkey and everything. Exactly. So really, Sarah or we us hosting really means Sarah's hosting because she's <laughs> going to do almost all of the work. Not because I, you know, I, I don't want to help. I'm just not good at cooking. Uh, but she ha- is doing a dry run. As long as, as long as you can learn how to do the turkey right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she's doing a dry run tomorrow on the turkey. So we're having my parents over. And my parents, um, you know, they actually live over kind of close to where her, her family typically gets together. So we would like go to, you know, we'd, we'd wake up in the morning, spend the time here, for, you know, for, for a little while. And then we'd go to my parents' house. And then we'd have to stay there for hours. And then we'd have to go to another house. We'd have to stay there for hours. Yada, yada, yada. And that's a lot. Um, to do so, and not to mention, uh, my parents are also—they're um, not very good cooks. So we really don't enjoy their, uh, and I can say that safely because I know neither of them listen to this. But we don't really enjoy their Thanksgiving all that much, um, even though you know I love them; they're great people. But again, just not crazy about the food that they make on Thanksgiving. And Sarah is an incredible cook, and we've got the Traeger Grill, um, which will help a lot. Which we're going to smoke the turkey on, and that's going to be just absolutely delicious. We've got these maple wood pellets, or these uh, sorry cherry wood pellets that we're going to use to smoke it with. Oh, it's going to yeah. be great. But Sarah's really worried about it because she's never hosted one before. So she's literally bought a turkey uh, a couple <laughs> days ago. And tomorrow on Sunday, she's going to – during you know we'll watch football all day. And she's going to smoke this turkey, smoke this bird, and see uh, how it turns out. And, and hopefully that way we'll make sure if, she's, you know, if she screws anything up – Learning lessons. It'll be it'll be all fixed for the actual Thanksgiving, but it's just crazy because it's like Jesus, we're having two Thanksgivings basically yeah. in November. So like we're going through all that, but um, really excited about the holidays, about uh, you know about Thanksgiving and, and football, basketball's going now, and lots of fun stuff going on. Gotta love the the, the, the fall and the, and the holiday season and everything. Um, and something else you gotta love is this next whiskey brand that we're gonna talk about, and we're really excited about this one. It's really probably you gotta say, for, for better or for worse, whether you love them or not, this is probably the king of Tennessee whiskey right now. It's probably the most famous among all whiskey brands in the world. Very, very possible. Definitely one of the top ten most famous. Exactly, very possible. <laughs> so yeah, that it, this is maybe the the most recognizable whiskey brand out there. Um, so we're really excited about this. Without further ado, Andy, why don't you jump on in, tell everyone. Everything they need to know about the illustrious Jack Daniels. Of course. So this is a brand that's been around for, well, approaching 160 years now, actually. Um, just turned 155 this year. Um, and it was founded originally in 19 or 1866 in uh, Lynchburg, Tennessee. 
as the first registered distillery in the United States um, by Jasper Newton, Jack Daniels, as the name obviously suggests. Right. Um, really, if you kind of think about it, though, is it was founded arguably two years prior to that, though, um, because that was about the time that Jack, between who he was sitting there and learning distilling from, um, between, I think, a minister, I forget of what religion, some Catholic, Catholic offshoot, but some um, minister um, in the church, you know, who, of course, got his, basically his family said, you have to choose religion or continuing to uh, distill, which is, that's where Jack got all the uh, distilling operations and land and everything from. I bought it off of him. Uh, learned it kind of from there. And then also one of his um, very good friends, uh, Nathan Nearest Green, who they talk very much in um, Jack Daniel's lore and everything about. Um, he was a black preacher and I think actually a former slave. Um, you know, taught Jack everything he knew about distilling. And Jack actually ended up hiring him as the head distiller, what you would call kind of the master distiller now, basically. Um, hired him as that in that role once the distillery was up and running. Uh, and for that first 40 years or so, they were kind of just getting everything up and running, doing everything, making sure everything was good, uh, kind of in a little bit of outlaw whiskey as we would think about it now in terms of what you were allowed to do and not do, um, for the time at least. Okay. Um, uh, it really wasn't until about 1904 at the St. Louis World's Fair uh, that year that they actually gained a lot of at least domestic fame, if not international fame, uh, for winning the first of seven uh, gold medals um, that they would go on to win. Uh, at World's Fair and elsewhere, um, at least for the time, seven gold medals. Hmm. Um, and that's where they started their a lot of their fame. Um, and it wasn't too short after that that they actually ended up hitting their first of like three or four big crises because Jack uh, <laughs> Daniels, <coughs> the eponymous name of the brand, dies from an injury and infection related to kicking his office safe oh no <laughs> and it was like a it was a a um it was like an injury and infection in his toes from kicking it uh, because he couldn't open it <laughs> for some reason that's not what you want uh, yeah so of course that's definitely you know in the first 40 years of having a brand operational that's not something you really want especially right. an eponymous uh brand um so it was something, you know, with no direct relatives at the time that could take it over. Like, he didn't have a wife or direct kids or anything like that that he could hand down to okay. um, to continue the brand. It went to his, um, end up, ended up being left to his nephews, uh, Lem and Jess Motlow, uh, who ended up leading the distillery and um helped lead it through at least prohibition period in the United States. And um, I think Lem was more of the operational side 
uh, Jess, if I remember right, was the uh, um, actual head distiller. But they both kind of worked conjointly in order to, um, alongside all everything they learned from Jack, uh, in order to, um, you know, lead the brand through Prohibition. Okay. Uh, you know, of course, unfortunately, they were not one of the brands that was granted a license to, you know, distill and age and do everything um, related to making whiskey um, in the United States during Prohibition <clears throat> um, for the time. Um, you know, they still had, I don't know an exact number, but at least as Jack Daniel says it, you know, they had some stores, like a significant amount of stores that they, uh, ended up sending out to, um, during that whole time, about 14 years, um, that they ended up sending out to, uh, St. Louis, uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and then actually Cincinnati, Ohio here. Um, a whole lot of stores that just aged for that 14, 15-ish years. Um, Heck yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was something, you know, they, they just kind of let that sit because it was like, well, we didn't get a permit to um, eight, actually sell the whiskey, so we'll just let it age longer. If it, you know, was allowed to age longer, we'll just let it. Um and of course, prohibition was the first of two shortages indoor shutdowns that uh, they faced. Uh, the second being during World War II. Um, it was just something, you know. Of course, whiskey being or requiring a lot of grain <clears throat> in order to make it. Um, you know, in World War II, requiring a lot of grain and everything like that to make food for soldiers over in Europe and uh, the Pacific. Right. <clears throat> Uh, that was kind of something that they they wanted to preserve that. And they were like, you know, fine, whatever, we'll do it. We'll kind of shut down or at least slow our distillation process, um, <clears throat> you know, to do that. And it was something that yeah. after the war, about 1947 or 1948, was really when they started upping back up their distillation and everything. <clears throat> okay. Um and of of course, during that time, it was even more in demand because of that, because they couldn't really make a lot, if any, during that time. So a lot of the stores were depleted. But it was even, you know, it was made even more famous right after that in the fifties and sixties because of a famous friend that um, actually is eponymous for one of their uh, products that they make, uh, who loved to to drink it. Um, Frank Sinatra. Hmm. It was around this time, like I said, in maybe the late 40s to early 50s that he's introduced to Jack Daniels. Um, I think by a niece or a cousin of his, if I remember right, correctly. Okay. Um, and it was something that, he, you know, he was introduced to Old Number 7 and really, really liked it for the time. And it was something that, you know, he drank it so much and so frequently, at least in his, in his distillation of that time. Um, that, you know, they have their own product now named after him, the Sinatra Select. Hmm. Um, you know, and kind of after that, you know, they really started to take off, um, uh, both domestically and abroad, uh, especially in Europe, take off, um, from the sixties all the way through the early 2000s to the 2010s, um, you know, not just because they were actually doing well and actually had a great product and had, you know, some famous people 
vouching for them. Um, you know, Sinatra among others. But it was something that also, you know, you had the whole rock and roll craze um, of the 60s onwards that helped bring it even further into what it is now in fame. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, of course, during that time as well, in those 40 to 50 years, they brought, you know, all their single barrels that they offer, the Gentleman Jack, um, which is a little bit more finer aged, regular old number seven Jack Daniels. Um, and of course, in the last 10 to 15 years, all their various flavored whiskeys that they offer. Um, so that, that was kind of the history leading up to about 2015. It was pretty much using everything, you know, using only one, their standard mash bill for, um, one product or the standard one mash bill for all their products until about 2015 when they introduced their, uh, rye mash bill Hmm. to the world, uh, in at, for at least at the time, the, uh, single barrel rye. Uh, you know, and of course they've offered some um, other rise since then, but that was the start of it. Um, and it was something that, you know, ironically, at least since Prohibition, um, the huge thing that for them um, that's really ironic is they operate in a dry county. Hmm. Um, so, so Lynchburg, Tennessee. Yeah, Lynchburg, Tennessee is... Uh, in Moore County, Tennessee, um, which is considered a dry county. So they, like, while they're allowed to distill and age and everything in Moore County, the gift shop is in a county next next to it. <laughs> so, like, they That's literally right. can't sell it or anything. You have, like, if you're going to go to the gift shop, you have to go to the next county over to oh, actually buy goodness. it. That's so um, funny. <laughs> yeah. I've, I find it hilarious that that's, you know, they allowed it to happen that way. Right. <laughs> um, just ironic convenience. Even more of a setback for them in illustrious history. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And restaurants can't even sell it in or use it in the county either. Wow. So, you know, you have to go basically outside of that county in Tennessee to see it. At least legally. Um... <laughs> um and it's something that, you know, another big thing that, you know, makes them famous is um, they actually, and one is one thing that they're very, very proud of um, using um, is what they call the Lincoln County process. And that's something that I think is actually codif- codified in Tennessee law hmm. as a whiskey production method to be considered a legal Tennessee whiskey. Okay. Um it's a process that invo- involves charcoal mellowing, um, in which, at least for Jack Daniels, I can't say it's for every Tennessee whiskey, but at least for Jack Daniels, um, in that charcoal mellowing, basically once they've distilled their new make to about 140 proof, um, they let that filter through in about a three to five day process, huge vats of charcoal, uh, maple tree charcoal, um, that, and then once that's filtered through that charcoal, you know, they put it into the barrels to age and every, the new make barrels to age. Okay. And it's something that, you know, at least to Jack Daniels, they say that's supposed to make the whiskey, quote unquote, smoother than a lot of, at least American whiskeys. Um, and it's something, you know, with that being said, um, it was the first, you know, this 
Jack Daniels was the first distillery to use this process. Um, but it was something that, you know, even though they use this process, they could still be technically be labeled as a bourbon because they use literally, especially as I think actually as a straight bourbon because they use every other technique that a straight bourbon uses. Uh, They just choose to, because of this process, distinguish themselves as a Tennessee whiskey to differentiate themselves from what a bourbon is. And this, as far as I've ever seen and heard, this is the primary, if not sole reason why. It's because they use the charcoal mellowing process. Hmm. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. Still technically a bourbon. It could arguably compete there in any competitions and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, just a differentiator for them. Uh, which is not a bad, you know, not a bad differentiator. Just a differentiator. Right. Um, you know, and it, you, I, I think there's at least a little bit of a difference that when you smell and taste it, um, that's there, maybe not extremely noticeable, but there's a little bit of a difference compared to some other, you know, you go just the state up North from them, uh, Kentucky, um, uh, just a little bit of a difference there in it. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> It is something, you know, that really reflects it. Um, and in the mash bill, of course, it's an 80% corn, meaning it's going to be even more mellow because of that. Uh, 12% malted barley and then an 8% rye mash bill. And they, were, I think, were one of the first, at least publicly recognized brands that did the whole sour mashing technique, which is... um. <clears throat> Uh, basically where you'll take some of the old yeast and uh, wort and everything that you would use from the prior batch and just dump it into the next batch in order to help start the process. Hmm. Whereas um, I know Wilderness Trail, um, which I don't remember how long ago we did an episode on them. I want to say it was about this time last year, but I don't remember offhand. Um, They do, you know, this sweet mash where it's, um, you know, new, you completely start the process over. Jack Daniels chooses to say, well, we'll kind of use a, we'll sacrifice a little bit of each mash bill and each distillation run to help start the next distillation run. Uh, and they single distill all their stuff, um, meaning they only vaporize it, you know, they only run it through all their stills and everything only once, whereas at least most bourbon brands um, and European, like Scotch and Irish um, brands, will run it at least two to three times through the stills to try and make it smoother. They only choose to run it once. Hmm. Um, and it goes ends up going into uh, several different pros, um, products. Of course, the most famous being their old number seven with the uh, square bottle and black label. Right. Uh, the Tennessee Rye. Gentleman Jack, all their different single barrels and flavored whiskeys that they have. Um, and then the Sinatra Select, um, as, as well as a whole buttload of other um, special edition <laughs> Tennessee whiskeys that they have. I mean, they I think they have, gosh, I think they have the longest list of every brand we've touched, maybe, <laughs> right. in terms of products that they've offered over the years. 
Um, and I mean, it's good product. Even if it's just mixing for a cocktail, it's good product. Uh, obviously, one of the most famous, you know, I mean, Jack and Coke. I don't know anybody in America, at least, that has not heard of a Jack and Coke. Um, you know, so clearly they've done a good job throughout history and with the product to gain that notoriety um, for it. Yeah, so I think it's, you know, with that being said, I think it's about that time that we sit here and actually stop talking about it and give a review of Start what it is. It. That's yeah. right. Let's do it. All right, folks, uh, go ahead and pour yourself a glass of the Tennessee uh, I should say the Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, the old number seven, and we will uh, start to kick off the tastings. Okay, so to start off, we're going to be tasting the uh, Jack Daniels old number seven uh, Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey. And later on, we're going to be doing one of their single barrels. But of course, we wanted to keep it a little original at first and start off with their their most famous by far product. It's an 80 proofer. Absolutely. So why don't we go ahead and as always start with the nose. We got to start with something first. Else oh, yeah. before That's that. Right. Cheers. Cheers. Definitely a lot sweeter of a nose than a lot of other ones that we've tried. Um, yeah. Especially compared to that Heaven's Door we tried last week. A uh, lot sweeter of a nose. Yeah, sweetness. Little v- vanilla-y. Yeah. Slight oak. Slight oak nose. Very vanilla and corn, though. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, kind of a, it kind of just smells a lot on the younger side, too. I know it isn't, but yeah. a lot younger side. No, I get that. Let's uh, give it a taste. I'm getting a lot of corn that you mentioned in the in the yeah. in the in the nose. I'm it's very the, the palate. Yeah, it's very grainy, very corn corn sweetness. Um, I'm getting like a, a fruity uh, uh, note too, like almost like uh, like right at the up front, right at the front of the when you first taste it. It's almost with the kind of like an apple note almost I'm to getting, me. I'm getting like a banana flavor. Okay, uh, I can right off, get right that off with the, it. Right off the like the the, the the first taste, I'm getting that. Yeah, like a banana to me, like a banana. Now that you say that, to me, like a banana laffy taffy note. Yeah, with it. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, getting still getting a lot of vanilla, of course, in the in the palate as well. Yeah. It's not, Fades away really quickly, I would yeah. say, but I'm getting a little bit of peppery oak, oakiness in, in the in the finish. But it's very light, very light, very yeah. quick to, to to leave you. Definitely something that the old number seven. I mean, I think there's a reason why it's so recognized as or so famously the drink is Jack and Coke. Right. Um, not that that's bad, but I think it's you know very much more so known better. I think and well deserved as a. As a mixer. Mixing whiskey, yeah. Absolutely. But it's not... It's not I mean, bad. if you're looking for something kind of standard, I think it's not a it's not a bad starting whiskey. Exactly. As a starting whiskey to go off of, right. it's not bad. Yeah, exactly. If you're like wanting to... Like, I want, to do, I want a Tennessee whiskey. I, I want low budget, but I want like solid quality. This is It's your, a good one to start with. Bet. Definitely. Yeah. All right, folks. Next, we are... So we're going to finish these up here in a minute, and then we're going to move on to the uh, Jack Daniels uh, Single Barrel Tennessee whiskey that we have... Um, this is Andy's, uh, his, his, uh, single barrel. So, um, we're really excited and lucky to have that available. And so, uh, we'll be back in a few minutes to go ahead and taste that one as well. All right, folks, we are back and we have now poured ourselves a glass of the, uh, Jack Daniels single barrel select. And of course, as always, we're, we're going to, you know, dive into this tasting as yeah. well. And so 
before we dive into yeah. the actual tasting of it. So it's their single barrel barrel proof um, offering that you can find um, of a select. It's this one was barreled at or uh, bottled at 128.4 proof, so at 64.2 percent alcohol by volume, um, and was actually uh, bottled in May of this year in 2021. Very good. Uh, from Rick House 14. So, yeah, very good. Uh, and I've had a lot of it so far, and I actually mm-hmm. really like it. There you go. All right, folks, as always, we're going to start with the nose. Mm, a lot more complex and, like, immediately yeah. noticeable than the, compared to the yeah. old number seven. Yeah, there's a lot more punch immediately noticeable um, on it, especially in terms of ethanol and alcohol content in there. Um, Agreed. A lot more oak note in there for me yep i'm getting that too i'm getting the ethanol the oak um i'm getting some it reminds me a lot of the of the regular in, in a couple ways but I, yeah. it just seems like a much more souped up uh just you know much more condensed better cra- exactly better crafted um version all right let's do the uh cheers sir cheers salute let's do the uh the, the tasting and uh, the palate of course I'm, Far and away better. Oh yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. I'm getting similar notes from the in the palate that I got in the nose, caramel, some toasted oak, um, maybe like I'm getting like the banana, but a, like a lot less strong than the la- than the yeah. regular, like almost like it's a like a dried fruit banana versus like a regular banana, like yeah, the banana taffy that we talked about. Yeah. Oh yeah, I completely agree with you there. Um, a lot. It's more complex. I, I really like it. Yeah. It, it's very very tasty. Yeah, no, I I 100% agree with you. I think if you can get your hands on it and are willing to spend the money on it, because this ranges, at least with these single barrels, I think ranges. Mine I got for about 50 or 55 bucks here in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, And I think typically there's, depending on which expression you get, and if it's more limited, probably ranges from about 50 to 65 bucks. Gotcha. Um, In the market, as far as I've seen. If you're willing to spend the money to get that, definitely get this above the normal Jack Daniels. One hundred percent. If you will, and it's worth the the price difference. Yeah. Oh, even though yeah. it's basically double, more than double. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth the price tag. I didn't think the finish was super interesting. I think it lasted a little bit longer, which I really enjoyed. Um, yeah. It almost stuck with me on the on the on the on the tongue a little bit longer than the back of the throat. 